Welcome to my podcast, Special Education Information, sponsored by Touching Success. My name is Joy. I have a companion with me today. His name is Sterling, and he's in a very good mood today, so you probably hear him chatting away. He is an African Grey. I realized over the last several podcasts have kind of come down kind of hard on school districts and teachers and school districts and teachers already have a bad rap and they really don't need any more than what they're already dealing with. They are always told they're not educating the kids enough and they're not doing enough for the students and having been a teacher and worked in many schools, I see the exact opposite. I see teachers who love teaching I see teachers who give their all until they burn out. And I see teachers being asked to do things that is way beyond the call of duty. I've worked with school districts who go to the ends of the earth to try to find equipment for students that I'd recommended. And it's always wonderful and just makes me feel really good when I see that happen. For example, I felt that a student needed a computer to take notes in her classes. And the school district said, go tell us what type of computer that the child needs and we'll get that for her. And I always touched me that they were just not questioning me, not making me justify it. It was completely a, just tell us what the kid needs and we'll get it for them. And that is awesome. Some districts have hundreds of kids inside of special education. So you can imagine how difficult it is to stay on top of everything for those kiddos in those districts. I personally find it very almost offensive when people start bagging down on districts and teachers. I have told people in the past that if you want to rag on a school or school district, before you can do that, this is what you have to do volunteer at at least one school, preferably more, for at least three weeks. Eat lunch with the teachers, be part of what the teachers do, really get a feel for it, and then maybe you'll change your mind about what you feel about schools and what they deal with and how the teachers are. Maybe you won't, but at least you can go into the conversation saying, I know what it's like. It really drives me crazy when people rag on schools and yet they haven't had a kid in school for a long time and they're just going off of propaganda. Teachers have had to put up with the threat of and actually experience all these school shootings. And those teachers, they didn't just run out of their classroom and pull their hair out and yell, oh no, no, no. They stuck it out with those kids. They stayed there. They risked their lives and some paid to protect the kids. They paid with their life and people are not giving the teachers enough credit for doing that. That's amazing. That is that's so far beyond contract work, as they say. It's and you hear the cops getting the credits for it and you don't really see about the teachers and the credit that those teachers should be getting for having to put up with that. I have been in several full-on lockdowns now since teaching and they are scary. It is scary to hear helicopters buzzing above your head trying to find something and they don't tell you much. You're told lockdown code 
blue code black depending on the school and that means you hustle those kids off into a corner somewhere you close all the blinds and you listen to that helicopter going on and you have no idea what's going on because they can't make the announcements over the phone because that would be giving away information to somebody who doesn't need it and it's just it's not okay to not appreciate what teachers potentially have to go through instead of always ragging on them there are teachers who put their lives in risk at risk for the children's sake and to me that's they're my heroes really really truly are so give a round of applause for these teachers because we know any time of the day any moment we could get that phone warning that says put the kids in full lockdown clap for those teachers we go through training i mean we go through a lot of training and some of it is very very hard training and it's needed but teachers need to be given so much more credit for how brave they are there's this concept that is something you may or may not have heard about and we call it working to contract usually the first thing that teachers will do before going on strike is work to contract which means you show up the first of the hour that you're contracted to do uh, depending on the school could be 8 or 8 30 and then you go home between 3 30 and 4. you don't stay late whatever you get done in those two times you're done that's it and then working to contract is hard on the teachers anything else because now she's trying to or he's trying to get all of the grading done in who knows how much less of time and it just it's really hard to work to contract I find it's also something that works effectively because it shows how hard teachers work when they work to contract there there are just so many things teachers do outside of the time that they're supposed to work and yet as everybody knows, everybody knows this, most teachers don't get paid, you know, what I think that they're worth because they don't get that time that they might spend. I mean, just in my sake, I've been there at seven in the morning and not gone home until eight in the evening. That is, um, that's rough. That's rough to do that. And sometimes it'll be an entire week of that around things like report card days, reports that are going on with other students, sometimes assessment days, they'll do them after school. So it's it's something to watch out for. If a teacher starts working to contract, then working to contract, then things might get a little bit sticky. But please support the teachers if they're doing that. There's a reason. Especially through the pandemic, I've seen teachers and districts work together to provide food for kids who just don't have access to it on a regular basis. Schools feed. Yes, they get a little bit of reimbursement, but district members and parent committees members are out there with the teachers and they're passing out food to these kids who really need it. And during the school year, a lot of kids get free meals of breakfast and of lunch. So these kids are getting healthy food and the school district is the one providing all of that. Some of the schools go into pretty big debt doing that particular activity. Quick story is that one of the 49er individuals, I don't know who, never heard who, and he went through and one of the schools was really in debt with the food program and he paid it off completely and that was pretty awesome and that was a huge to me a way of saying thank you to the school district and to the teachers 
Teachers do many, many things that is beyond, far beyond their contract. For example, I've known teachers who stay late at the school to tutor kids. And I know teachers who fought the system to try to get extra paraprofessionals into her classroom to help support her with the special needs kids that were in there. That teacher fought really hard to try to get a paraprofessional into her classroom to support the other kids. Unfortunately, it never worked out. She was told that there was not enough money in the budget for another paraprofessional. I know a lot of teachers, so many teachers, I can't even count, and, and I'm in on this one, of buying stuff for the kids using their own money. And as I mentioned before, teachers don't make a whole lot. So spending $50, $200, whatever it is, can really hurt your own personal budget. But you know that there are things that the kids need and you have no way of really justifying it to administration. So you end up buying it out of your own pocket. And a lot of teachers do this. I actually don't think I know a single teacher who doesn't do it. I tried really, really hard one year to avoid doing that, but I couldn't. I needed the stuff that was there, so I bought it. I just made sure that I put my name on those items so that I would be able to take them home with me at the end of the school year or if I left the school. I know teachers who've stayed late or gotten there early to work with parents to teach the parents the best way to work with their students. That way the student was sure to get what they needed in both environments. I know groups of teachers and specialists who would work with a kid for as long as was needed trying to assess the child to see what was going on. Uh, for example, I had a student who they tried everything that they possibly could to test on the kid and finally they went to the agency that I was working for and asked them to have someone take a look at the kid and it turned out it was my specialty that that child needed help with. But they were so concerned they really filled me in on all the details going on with him and why they they knew it had to be something to do with some kind of disability was the problem and not intellectual issues going on. And they were right. They were very right. He was a very bright child. He just wasn't getting the right type of assessment to, for nobody's fault. It's just the way it was. And they really fought hard to get my agency involved. I knew teachers who volunteered their time to work with children that we knew had difficulties, but unfortunately, the doctor did not agree with our opinion of what was going on with the student, so we worked off of our own budget, so to say, our own time. There are teachers, specialists usually, who travel inside of districts. Some districts are very, very large, or part of the agency that I worked for where we had more than one district under our belt, and we traveled for hours to get there. One child was two hours, she was two hours away from where I started my day off. So that was a long, long drive. And the biggest problem was is that there was no reception for anything, for radio, for phones, nothing. So I was traveling in silence. I know many, many many beyond what I can count on my hand, teachers who stayed late either at school or took their laptops home and worked on IEPs and worked on reports and all the different little things and big things that we have to do as specialists. 
Another one, I'm going to refer to myself, but I know, I know 100% I am not alone on this one, is the time it took me sometimes to get parents to sign IEPs or respond to invitations to go to an IEP. And remember, you only have so many days before the IEP and the signature pages are all due. And sometimes it was a lot of phone calls and sometimes a lot of persuasive talking to the family member to get that particular paperwork signed because it's so important to get it in on time. Again, another part that's frustrating as a teacher is scheduling triannuals, which is part of the IEP process, and scheduling IEP meetings are always a little bit challenging because you're coordinating anywhere from three, not too hard, up to 10, 15 people in some cases. And you're trying to get everybody to the same place at the same time with all the paperwork done. And it is really, really difficult and really, really frustrating sometimes. Another thing you'll see, and you see it mostly amongst the special ed teachers, but I do know gen ed teachers will also do this and that is they'll research the different disabilities that the kids have and how they can help with it. And they come to you a lot of the times with questions of how they might best help the student. And I think that that's pretty awesome that they take their time to, to really learn about the kid. Oftentimes nowadays with kids who have special needs inside of general ed classrooms, things need to be adapted and sometimes the specialists can't always get to it in time. And so I know that there are teachers who actually will sit down and learn how to adapt things for the children, for their classrooms, so that the child will succeed at the next set of assignments. And that's just huge credits to those teachers who do that. I've been in a situation where one of the students I had constantly had hair bugs or lice and it was really, really hard to deal with because I'm sort of an anti-bug person, I think most people are. We put on gloves and we brushed out her hair every day because she'd come to school without brushed hair and we decorated up with little braids or ribbons and stuff. But it also allowed us to catch where the lice were if they were in her hair again. And then when it did happen, we had to leave the classroom and spend time elsewhere or outside playing until they finish fumigating the classroom. Recess is an important time for teachers to get materials ready, whether it's for the next day or later on the same day. But sometimes we'll stay in the classroom and tutor the kids who are really, really struggling. And I give kudos to teachers who give up their recesses for that. Also, a lot of times, recess at least once a week is part of uh, recess duty, and we all have to work that for a little while. There's other interesting things as a special needs teacher that you learn to put up with, or at least you try your best to put up with. And I had one student who took to playing in the toilet, and that was not very much fun to deal with either. So we had to make sure that the parents sent extra clothes to the school so we could change her when it did happen. And we worked really hard to stop the behavior but we hadn't stopped it by the end of her time at that school. So I'm never sure what happens to our students when they move beyond us. Another thing that happens, and it happens to districts, and it's something that parents, I think, need to be patient with because the school district wouldn't do it if they didn't have to. 
and that is hiring people to work what we call off-credential. So if you have a specialty in, say, learning disabilities, and that's your credential, but you, they need a teacher who specializes in history, and they ask you to work in the history department for a while to cover the class till they can actually find a history teacher, then you're working off credential and that's only allowed to happen for so long before they can find someone. But there are less and less people wanting to become teachers and when asked why, it's a lot of the stuff with difficult families uh, that, that'll do it, the low pay, the difficulties of the complications and politics of things about being a teacher. So, for example, one university is really well known for putting out teachers, put is putting out less teachers f than ever before, ever. They're putting out less teachers than ever before. And it's kind of a scary thing as the population grows that there are no teachers to teach the kids. And more and more teachers are going to have to go off credential and caseloads or specialists are going to have to get even bigger to manage the requirements. I don't know what's going to happen, but we need to remember districts have to figure that one out. And that's one that we can just sort of pray that they figure out as soon as possible. More than anyone, teachers make up the background of a school district of the kids' education, of the interactions between the parents and the kids and themselves and the schools. Teachers do a lot. They really do. And the problem that we have right now that we need to remember or find a way to stop is that teachers are burning out. They're burning out quickly. A lot of teachers do not retire from the school system a lot of teachers go and get jobs elsewhere that they feel would be easier for them to handle. And it's kind of sad. I don't remember the statistic for what it is for teachers who teach gen ed, but I know for teachers who teach special ed, it's about five years. I think it's three to five years special ed teachers will work and then they retire from work teaching and go on to another job. So we need to remember that and appreciate teachers as much as we can because even the little things help out teachers. Box of cookies, well, most of us are on diets, but maybe a gift certificate to a restaurant that they might like or a store they might like. If you know they're an Apple person, gift certificate to the Apple store, any little things like that. Even if it's only $5, it's just an appreciation saying, thank you for taking care of my kid and thank you for teaching my kid and I really appreciate it. And that means so much to teachers. I think that it needs to happen more often. Let's, let's cheer on teachers. Let's applaud them for all their hard work and everything that they do. And even let's cheer the districts because they're the ones supporting the teachers. It seems like the other way around, like they control the teachers, but really... The district is there ultimately to support teachers so that the teachers can work with the kids. It gets sticky in that area, but it's kind of like how I like to see it. Anyway, so end of the day and Sterling and I are going to sign off and we hope you have a truly wonderful time and hope to talk to you sometime soon. If you want, you can email me at Email joy at touchingsuccess.education. Again, that is email joy at touchingsuccess.education. Hope to hear from you.
please give me ideas if there's anything that you want me to talk about. Please ask questions if you want to know anything that I can help you with. And thank you for your time.